0: citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's officially pardoned from life. Oh, the melty stick. That's right. I Love it. I finally saw Thor Ragnarok. I'm so happy right now. What did you think? I really like it. Good. I don't know if I love it. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, but I like it's hysterical. Oh yeah. It's so much fun. It's in. Very Taika Waititi movie. It's Extremely. so Taika, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But damn it, man. I've been waiting for this one since we started this stupid show, and it's finally <laughs> here. It's one of those things where you and our good buddy, it's just Kevin, you've heard on this show a few times, you said, this is the one that you guys wanted me to watch the most. How the hell did I miss? I was having a kid at the time. I wasn't going to watch movies. That's fair. But then, now that it's here, I went in completely blank slate. Yeah. And man, am I happy I finally saw this thing <laughs> and so many holes are filled in. I bet. I can only imagine. That's one of the fun things though. Like as a comic book reader, you always have to fill in holes because you never get the full story because right. you'd have to read every little thing then. Right. So you're constantly just like, oh, fill in a blank here. Like, how the hell's he alive? He died two runs ago. Oh wait, it's comics. Who gives a damn? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But man, I did it. You did it. You filled in the holes. I did. And things make sense. They do. That's fun. Where does this one fall for you in the MCU? This one's pretty high for me. I don't know if it's top five, but it's close. Okay. Uh, It's definitely my favorite of the Thors. I think I'll agree. Okay. I'm pretty sure I agree. That makes sense. I know a lot of people who put this as their one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outright in the MCU. And it's like, I I get it. I get it. I can totally see it. It's a lot of fun, and that goes a long way. Yes, it does. And (laughs) we'll get there, but first we should get into it. We should get into it. Thor, played by Chris fucking Hemsworth. He's back! He's back. He has seemingly been captured, and he rambles on to a skeleton about Ultron and Infinity Stones. And then he's released from his cage, though still chained and dangling. He's been captured by Surtur, a big old horned lava monster dude. Exactly. Thor catches Surtur monologuing. (laughs) A few times. Revealing the absence of Odin on Asgard, meaning that he can bring about the hot tub time machine. Of course. By joining his crown with the eternal flame, which burns in Odin's vault. And the whole time Chris Hemsworth is hanging from this chain, he's wrapped up in it, and he's just spinning. And every time he faces (laughs) away, he has to stop. And he's like, hold on, hold on, come back around. I swear I'm not doing this. It's It's so good. It's one of those things of you just set the tone of this movie. Immediately. Instantly. That's Thor's cue to call Mjolnir, break out of his chains, and fight off Surter's army, eventually taking his crown. Of course, but I also like how he calls Mjolnir, and he mistimed the, his one-liner oh, that yeah. he had there. <laughs> I mean, there's such a thing as setting a table, in terms of the tone. Yeah. This one does it so quickly. So <laughs> quickly, and effortlessly? I would say it's effortlessly. It's one of those things where you realize, like, yeah, Thor is kind of goofy. He shows it in the first movie a lot. Yeah. But that's more just a man, like an alien man on Earth, right? It's a, Earth It's things. a naive, naivete. Exactly. But I like how it runs in his blood, just being yeah. this kind of off-the-walls, kind of sarcastic, laughing-in-the-face-of-everything type character. Absolutely. After he takes Surtur's crown, he tries to re- return to Asgard via the Bifrost, but Heimdall does not respond. No? Missed his call. Cut to Asgard. In his place is Scourge, played by Carl Urban. Carl fucking Urban? Carl fucking Urban, who is too busy showing off to a couple Asgardian women to notice Thor's call until one of them points it out. Showing off his stuff. I have an actual IMDb trivia fact for oh, you. Of course you do. And I'm going to read this one as written. Oh, No. <laughs> Scourge, went talking about finding two what appears to be M-16s in Texas, he named them Dez and Troy. Dez Bryant and Troy Aikman are two of the most popular Dallas Cowboys in the city of Dallas in the state of Texas. It is a fun reference that only big American football fans or Dallas Cowboy fans (laughs) would connect. (laughs) What a cocky son of a bitch. And that's why nobody likes Cowboy fans. That is crazy. Well, the thing is, I don't know if this was written by somebody from America. Just based on some of the things in there. That's possible too. But wow. Tex ass. That was not the only version of that fact on IMDb. There were multiple of The same facts. And another one of them actually had an addendum at the end that said, this scene is removed on Disney+, Plus, most likely for political slash social reasons. Because nobody likes the Cowboys. Exactly. Well, yeah. That's Brian and Troy Aikman. They didn't even play together. Nope. Nope. Okay, so there you go. Say, Troy Aikman, the Hall of Famer, right? As he gets called on Mike often. Well, you would have to be a Des pretty big fan of American to have football a job to know right that, now. right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, people. This this and one their sport. This one bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to include it. Scourge puts down the shake weight long enough to finally return Thor to Asgard. I wish that that was like a like you just being funny right saying something but no it's carl urban (laughs) using a shake weight yep with his tattooed shaved head wonderful amazing carl urban is having a ball absolutely so thor returns to asgard along with the head of a dragon that was chasing him of course dragons are a thing in the mcu yes they are scourge tells thor that heimdall has been declared an enemy of the people and is on the run and thor's like all right that's weird don't, don't know if I believe that. Nope, that doesn't seem to check out. So he goes to find Odin, Anthony fucking Hopkins, of course. Of course. Whom he finds watching a play all about the valiant death of Loki, <laughs> starring Asgardian Luke Hemsworth as Thor. Of course. Asgardian Sam Neill as Odin, and revisiting his role from Dogma, Asgardian Matt Damon in the titular role of Loki. This is one of those times where I wish people didn't spoil things for me. I believe that. Because that would that. have been a very good reveal. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, that's... the internet exists. It sure does. And that's the kind <laughs> of thing that it loves to just blurt out all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I wish if Bob Barker wasn't just a marionette puppet right now, I would get him to record something saying, <laughs> <laughs> like, ha- have your internet trolls spayed or neutered just to be safe. I like that. I don't want them breeding, ruining more things for people. <laughs> Thor sees through Odin's deception and threatens him with a Mjolnir to the face. Not what you want. No, generally it's very heavy. Generally no. Loki quickly drops the charade, reappearing as Tom fucking Hiddleston. He's so good. He's so. G- you know who else is really good? Anthony fucking Hopkins. Well, that's a given. This scene, I have never once in all the times I've watched this movie questioned that that is Loki. He's having a great time, and, and Anthony he's Hopkins this play. is selling it. Yeah, he is. Well, he's. An incredibly good actor. Oh my god. Like an all-timer, a yeah, legend. for sure. Thor orders Surtur's crown be delivered to Odin's vault, and he and Loki are transported to Earth to find the real Odin. I like when we get to see Thor and Loki in their street clothes, or Earth clothes. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's such a weird dynamic. I have an actual IMDb trivia fact about that, too. Uh, of course you do. On Earth, Thor disguises his hammer, Mjolnir, as an umbrella. In the comics... Whenever Thor took on the mortal form of Dr. Donald Blake, he disguised Mjolnir as a walking stick. However, an umbrella is more suitable disguise for a god of thunder. Okay. I imagine because <laughs> inclement weather. Yeah, I'd imagine that too. But then you just have this big looking guy who looks like he should be on a construction site just walking around with an umbrella the yeah. entire well, time. I feel like in the comics he's his alter ego is more scrawny, so it's believable. yeah. With a walking stick, I guess. I don't know. Not totally scrawny. I mean, he no. Looks normal. Yeah. Meh. I don't know. Dr. Donald Blake's a whole weird thing, yeah. a whole weird offshoot. It's a very strange thing that Donnie sure Cates has recently gotten into in that run. So, oh, that's fun. Give it a read. It's very good. Could check that out. Upon arrival on Earth, they discover that the retirement home Loki placed Odin in has been demolished. That's the problem. Some passerbys. Uh, Reveal that Jane Foster dumped Thor, although he insists it was a mutual dumping. (laughs) I love that. And Loki suddenly vanishes, leaving behind a business card, pointing Thor toward the Sanctum Sanctorum. That got me so excited. Oh, I bet it did. Only to follow it up with the mid-credits scene from Doctor Strange. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Strange, Benedict fucking Cumberbatch, insists on knowing why Loki has been brought back to Earth. And Thor's like, yeah, we're looking for Odin, and we'll leave as soon as we find him. So, Strange is like, all right, I know where Odin is. Let's get you guys there. I did not know that Benedict Cumberbatch was in this movie. That's exciting. The trolls never did it. They never did that one. <laughs> so that's good. You know, the thing that actually is part of the story? They never did. Right. I like the gags that are going on between Doctor Strange and Thor. Oh, yeah. Like the instant teleporting? Yep. That's how he's not even just walking. Doctor Strange just doesn't use legs anymore. Why he just would kind you? Of goes. All over this room, all over the Sanctum Sanctorum, looking at books and stuff, and the entire time Thor's holding a a big mug of beer, autofills, which (laughs) is pretty neat. And he's spilling it all over the place. He's like, will you stop doing that? (laughs) This is a very different Doctor Strange. It is. I like that he's got the yellow gloves. I love that he has the yellow gloves. Oh, it's so exciting. So Strange sends Thor and Loki, who's been falling through this sling ring tunnel for half an hour, to Norway. I love Loki's reaction when he gets Loki back and he falls far. I've been falling for half an hour! <laughs> it's so good. Everyone's leaning in. Everyone. Everyone. I love that Doctor Strange is like, don't forget your umbrella. And Thor just puts his hand up and you hear everything crashing through the Sanctum Sanctum. <laughs> so and good. And he's just like, sorry. <laughs> I love that. In Norway, Thor and Loki find Odin, but he claims to be dying. In his final moments, he makes a confession ragnarok is upon them hella the older sister thor and loki never knew they had will be released from her prison once he dies not good that's not what you want to hear no that's it's bad in fact it's, oh we found dad he says he's dying and we have an older sister who's gonna bring about the end of days well i like how he says hella the goddess of death it's like instantly like oh that's probably not good shit <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> i bet she's nice oh yeah she's a sweetheart i'm sure She's far more powerful than her brothers and will only grow stronger upon her return to Asgard. Yep. A lot of problems. With that, Odin tells his sons he loves them and bursts into a million fireflies or pure energy or something like that. Something like that. He goes away. He goes away. He's dead. He is dead. Immediately, a black mass forms in the air and Hela emerges. It's Kate fucking Blanchett. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. the, The power and the cast in this movie. The amount of Oscar winners that yeah. are just around this movie at this point is just insane. It's, because, yeah, I mean, you have Cate Blanchett. Yep. You have Matt Damon. Yep. You have Taika Waititi. Yep. One of four directing for Jojo Rabbit. Or was it screenplay? Might have been screenplay. Doesn't matter. Oscar winner. He's got the little golden boy. Right. You have Benedict Cumberbatch. Anthony Hopkins. That's a ridiculous amount of bald golden man. That's a lot of talent. Yeah. For a comic book movie. Right. That's <laughs> It's crazy. The 2017 comic book movie. They're getting more legitimized as we go. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Hela tells Thor and Loki to kneel because she's the queen. So she's the heir good to way the to start out the, the familial relationship, oh, I guess. Yeah. Like, you have a sister. Also, kneel. Kneel. And they're like, no thanks. So, she threatens them. You know, she grows swords out of her wrists, which is a pretty cool power to have. I like it. So, Thor obviously throws Mjolnir at her. But she catches it with one hand and just kind of smashes it, just shatters just it, just shatters it into Pete like it's a piece of glass. I really like that. It's awesome. It's not one of those things like the effect of her catching it doesn't do it for me. Just because this movie's four years old and it's been ruined. Yeah, of that makes course. Sense. I didn't know she broke it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, pretty great. Yeah, I like that. That's a lot of fun. Loki panics and he calls for the Bifrost, which is. Probably the worst mistake he could have made. Yeah. Because Hela gets caught up in the Bifrost too, and all three of them are traveling to Asgard, but Hela catches up to each of them. A Bifrost chase. What the hell? Through the wall of the Bifrost. Yeah, don't want that to happen. That's That's bad. It's generally frowned upon. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. There's a chase inside the Bifrost. Yeah. Bananas. Everything about this, like the vision that went into this, like how do you even write down? Then there's a Bifrost chase. Right? Cool, all right. I'm in. Upon arriving in Asgard, Hela immediately kills Volstagg and Fandral, Ray Stevenson and Zachary Levi. Quick way to get him out of the movie. Inside the Bifrost Dome, she shows up, there they are, dead. Scourge is also there, cleaning up his dragon head mess, and he's recruited by Hela because he was like, I'm going to kneel. And she's like, oh, you seem smart and self-preserving. Which is interesting because she just took the first person that she ran into who just would follow her. Yeah. It's like, hey, right place, right time, I guess. I suppose so. Meanwhile, Thor crashes onto an alien junk planet, Sakar. There are portals and wormholes all across the sky, dumping debris from other worlds all over the planet. I think that's a very cool look. It is really cool. I like the way this planet looks so far. I love the way this planet looks. It reminded me a lot of Cyberpunk. Okay, yeah, definitely. But this loaded. So that's a difference right there. (laughs) (laughs) And it did it immediately. Right. Thor is approached by a group of hostile scavengers who ask him if he's a fighter or food. Tough question to answer. He says, I'm just passing through. And they're like, okay, food. He could have said fighter real easily and taken them so easily. Yeah. Although he's not used to not being able to call Mjolnir yet because he tries. And that's when this group just kind of tackles him. (laughs) Right. And they capture him in the electric net that they have. I don't know how this stuff works. Nope, me either. Another ship touches down, and a drunk woman appears. It's Tessa fucking Thompson. Man, I didn't realize how much I was going to love her. Yeah, oh, she's so good. She's so good. She's putting on a show in this movie. Absolutely. And she's like, that guy there, that's mine. And they're like, we already captured him. She's like, all right. After she falls off the spaceship. (laughs) Yeah. She's so drunk. If you want him, you're going to have to go through me. And they're like, we already have him. She's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to go through you. I like how she puts on those weird, like, gauntlets. Yeah. Those, like, electro gauntlets or whatever. She's trying to, like, pound her fist together to start them up. And then when she finally gets them going, she lifts her arms. You see the ship behind her lift its gunning arms. You're like, fuck me, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She kills all the scavengers with her ship's guns, throws a small disc at Thor's neck and electrocutes him with the push of a button, rendering him unconscious. I don't know how electricity works. I don't know. With the God of Thunder. With the God of Thunder, it seems real susceptible yeah. to lightning and electricity. I don't know what that's about. Good question. Great question. One for the astronauts, maybe. I think it might be. <laughs> Back on Asgard, the Asgardian army, led by Hogan, Tadanobu Asano, has assembled to stop Hela from entering the kingdom. She's like, Odin's dead. I've already disposed of Thor and Loki, and I'm gonna need you all to recognize me as your new queen. And I like after Hogan says that she's like, "Did you even hear anything I just said?" Like she was monologuing her way out of this, and Hogan questioned it. She's like, "What? I said I'm the queen, damn it!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, lineage, he says hierarchy. Says, Whoever you are, and exactly. she's like, "Whoever I did you not listen to anything I just said? It's very good. It is very good, and we'll get there. Okay, I'm dropping one here. I like it." because I have a problem with it. Okay. But we will get there. It it works. Don't get me wrong, it works. Yeah. Keep but we'll going. we'll get there. We're, you're doing great. She single-handedly kills off the entire Asgardian army. It's awesome. It's very I cool. I can't describe awesome. She has like these weird things that she just throws like these arrows or spears or daggers or whatever what they, they are, are yeah. but she's got like infinite. She put in the cheat code to have the infinite of that of this weapon. Yeah. And, and s- they get bigger sometimes, and sometimes small, whatever size she needs. It's crazy. She's just conjuring projectile sharpness. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, is she killing a lot of people with it. All the people. (laughs) All the people. She finishes off with Hogan, and then she takes the throne, destroying the mural on the ceiling above it, which reveals an original painting underneath it of her and Odin taking the nine realms by force to create the Asgardian Empire as it exists today. Proud of what he has but ashamed of how he got it, is what she says. It's a great line, and you know what? If you have been alive for, I don't know how long Odin's been alive for at that point, yeah, you're going to have time to think over some of the things that you've done in your life. Yeah. And I can understand where shame comes in, especially if you did it this way. I agree. And why you stopped at nine. Right, yeah. It was only Hela's ambition that outgrew... Odin's, and he's right. like, oh, this is a problem, I think. Right, and you are dangerous. Maybe we need to imprison Daddy, you. Daddy, daughter time was a lot of fun doing all the killing. Me and my big tyke over here <laughs> going to <laughs> town on everybody. But we're going to stop at nine. Nine's enough. <laughs> Nine's enough. That's even more than eight, and eight is enough. Daddy, I want to fuck 20 worlds. Hella, Jesus. Wow. I didn't teach you to talk like that. <laughs> You're the goddess of death, not the goddess of profanity. Oh, I see when I named you the goddess of death. That one's on me, everyone. (laughs) Yep. It's on me. Hela breaks into Odin's vault, declaring the infinity gauntlet a fake, the casket of ancient winters as weak, Surtur's crown smaller than she thought, (laughs) and the tesseract as interesting, and the eternal flame as the greatest power of all. I like that we got to see all these fun things in there. It's excellent. And I like that they took the opportunity to be like, all right, we got to fix this little minor error we have with the the gauntlet in Odin's right." Let's just make sure that somebody just explicitly says fake. Right. Feige, just on top of his stuff. He's like, all right, you're making a Thor? Make sure if you go into Odin's vault that you make sure to tell everybody that that gauntlet's not real. Yeah, I I like the way that they kind of retcon on the fly to make sure that yeah. everything is going to flow well for what's coming up. Right, because it's coming up. Soon. The next movie we talk about in the MCU is Infinity War. It is. Which is insane. That's because we did Black Panther out of order. Right. It but felt appropriate, though. still, you're two movies away from Infinity War. Let's let's take care of this continuity error we right. have in, the, in exactly. the universe. She picks up a piece of the Eternal Flame that she just holds in her hand, which is neat. And she smashes through the floor, revealing a mausoleum beneath, and uses the Eternal Flame to reanimate an army of fallen Asgardian soldiers- and her giant pet wolf Fenris. It's good that she got him back. It's great, and he's just a a big old good boy. Right. <laughs> this is like the dark version of Marley and Me. Yeah, it's like if you watch Marley and Me in reverse. Exactly. And the dog is the size of Clifford. Exactly. <laughs> and he wanted to kill all the time. Right. No, that that's the same movie in reverse, right? I think so. <laughs> Sitting on her throne, Helen notes that when Odin was king, she was his executioner. So she's like, "I'm queen, scourge. <laughs> You're now my executioner." Carl Urban doesn't even know why he's here. He it's is so good, falling upward or failing upward so much. He is, and even he knows it, which is the best part. Cause like the looks on his face. Oh yeah, my god, he's a good actor. He is. He's like, "I am hating this, but I'm not going to argue I didn't know. because I'm alive. Will kill me, right now. I'm in too deep." While all this is happening, Heimdall, Idris fucking Elba, is sneaking into the Bifrost Dome and stealing the Bifrost Sword, rendering the Bifrost useless. Right. It turns out Heimdall has been organizing a resistance this whole time because you know he has his visions and he knows Hell is coming. And without the sword, Hela cannot complete her conquest of all the realms. And then she sends her own soldiers to hunt down the resistance. I like how that sword wields that much power. Yeah. Because Heimdall with that sword is one of the strongest characters, period. Absolutely. But I like how he knows, like, no, I just take the sword. We're good then. Yeah, I take the sword. And then they we just can't use run it. around this weird flat thing that is Asgard, <laughs> this disc. I have the power of seeing pretty much anything everywhere. Right. So Not how, more, are they, how are they going to I'll catch see us? it coming. <laughs> it's fine. Thor awakens to a holographic presentation about Sakaar set to pure imagination. And I absolutely love how he's just stuck in this chair. Yep. And I like how it is like the tunnel scene from Willy Wonka. So much like it. It's just perfectly done. It is. And the presentation is about the Grandmaster, Jeff fucking Goldblum. Yeah. Everybody in this movie gets a middle name. I'd say that's pretty fair. Yeah. He's the ruler of the planet and the host of the gladiatorial contest of champions. Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblooming. All. All over the screen. All over the screen. Oh, my God. He's doing his usual shtick, yeah, that he always does. Well, I of guess being Jeff Goldblum. Taika wanted, had like a really loose feel on set, and he says that like eighty percent of the movie was improv. But there's three writers here. Yeah, you got Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher L. Yost. I think they used the the script as an outline, and then just said, "All right, now riff on that." Oh my god! All right, if that's the case, it's impressive. It's very impressive. The Grandmaster pays Scrapper 142, the aforementioned drunk woman played by Tessa Thompson, and he claims Thor, the Lord of Thunder, as his new contender. I like how we won't call him God of Thunder. Nope. I love it. Lord of Thunder, every time. And he's going to pit him against his champion, who is just the greatest thing ever, and everybody says so. Exactly. Don't know who it is, though. Nope. Thor will earn his freedom should he beat the champion. Right. Allegedly. I really like when he's stuck in this chair, Thor. How they pull up another guy next to him and he's like, Hi. Like, like <laughs> we're in the same situation, might as well get to know each other. And I, this is the part where Goldloom's like, oh, oh, you're you're pardoned, you're pardoned. From life. And then he hits him with the melty stick. Yeah. And I love Thor's reaction to watching this man melt next oh to him. Oh my god, the smell. The smell. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick up on that he called him cousin? I didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's, so that's... very good. That gives you an idea of who this Grandmaster guy is. Yeah. <laughs> He's got no fear. He's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Still restrained, Thor sees Loki, who is mingling among other people in wherever this place is, and he calls him over, and Loki's like, I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't." <laughs> There's some sort of unusual temporal effect on Sakaar. So when Loki was shoved out of the Bifrost, before Thor. Right, and fell out of his trash hole. He somehow ended up in Sakar two weeks before Thor. Which is wild, because he's been trying to earn the Game Master's favor for all that time, and he's done right. it. and he's done it. So, good for Loki. That makes sense. This seems like Loki's kind of place. Oh, absolutely. But the two of them are talking, and the Grandmaster is like, "Oh, hey, what's going on here? Do you guys know each other? And Loki's like, I don't know him at all. And Thor's like, he's my brother. And Loki's like, adopted. So he immediately <laughs> <nice>. drops them. <laughs> he does. But even the Grandmaster's like, all right, whatever cool. This is fine. Yeah. And he throws Thor into the gladiator's quarters, where he meets Korg. Korg is a fucking delight. Korg is wonderful. Played by Taika fucking what's right. he Right. <laughs> I like how they do this walk and talk, and Thor kind of sprints ahead, Yeah, and he comes back around the back side of it very, very quickly. And I love how he's like, what is this? Well, it's a circle. Like a freaky circle. Like a, like a freaky circle, yeah. <laughs> Korg is a exiled Cronin resistance fighter who's trying to Start a revolution but didn't print enough pamphlets. How good is that? So good. So only his mom and her boyfriend, who I hate, showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that is like such a Monty Python joke, I feel like. Oh yeah. Definitely. It's actually very flight of the Concords. Oh, that very much checks out. Yeah. And of course, Korg's little partner, Meek, who's like a little blobby thing in a in a suit with <laughs> knives for arms. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Korg tells Thor that no one has ever beaten the Grandmaster Champion. Not even Doug. Not even Doug. <laughs> I like how Doug's just a corpse sitting yep. in the wall. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, Doug fought him last week. Oh, that's right, Doug's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who faces the champion perishes. What about you, your rock? Perishable rock. <laughs> it's almost like he gave himself all the good lines. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. Oh, it's great. His delivery is perfect on everything. While preparing for the contest of champions, Thor finds Scrapper142 again, who he recognizes as an Asgardian Valkyrie. She's got a tattoo. She's got a tattoo. And he's like, Oh, you're a Valkyrie. I wanted to be a Valkyrie when I was a kid until I found out that it was all women, which is great. I, I love women uh, sometimes too much. <laughs> and he just goes in this whole awkward rambling. It's, it's so uncomfortable. And it so works. It's so uncomfortable. doing a good it. job. He's crushing it. Yeah. She is unsympathetic to the plight of Asgard, and because of that, Thor calls her a coward. And then he gets forced into a haircut by barber Stan Lee. By Sakarian (laughs) barber Stan Lee, does this Stan get snapped? I'm going to go with no. Okay, I think he's good. It's because it gives him a good haircut. He gives wow a good haircut. There's a lot to be said about a good haircut. It's amazing that it's both a good haircut and a bad haircut at the same time. Well he said that his hands aren't as steady anymore. Yeah. I gotta imagine this is I mean, we're getting close to Stan's last filmed cameos here. Yes. Oh for sure. This is probably died a year later after this movie came out. This one was probably done in a chunk with a bunch of other movies. Without a doubt. Yeah. I like that he's got the whole built in machinery for a hand that splits into so many different it's great. And he has more than like a line. And he doesn't oversell it. Right. Somehow, he doesn't oversell it. For once. I like would have to imagine him as a barber would be awfully close to Andy Bernard doing Sweeney Todd. Like going (laughs) way too hard (laughs) into it. Yes. Also, didn't know I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's too late now, Brian. I know. It's too late. We need to get the eternal flame and throw it at him. Yeah. And just hope for the best, really. If The Office was still on the air, they would have had to do a whole season about working from home right yeah good chance of it that'd be interesting what it what it though contextually right now yes on reruns not so much <laughs> it would just be like j- just zoom calls yeah with each other yeah and boy that would get that annoying. would get old maybe like a one-off special one-offs fine yeah i could do one-off i could do a one-off that's like taking a bottle episode to a whole new level though oh big time they did it for parks and rec and it, it, i think it worked kind of did it for community too. They did. And they announced it's a bottle episode. <laughs> 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 Which I love. So Thor gets his haircut and he goes out into the arena where the champion is revealed to be none other than the Hulk. It's Mark fucking Ruffalo. Decked out full planet Hulk. Oh, big yeah, he's got I love it. the full gladiator helmet and the armor, and he's got the hammer and the axe. And Thor's loving it. He's is, so excited. Thor's He's like, like, oh, I yes! know him from work. This is perfect. I love that line. He's a friend from work. It was actually suggested by a Make-A-Wish kid who was on set that day. Really? Yeah. It's one of the most iconic lines in this movie. It's amazing. And it comes after just the most joy you're ever going to see a man have. Ever. Yes. And the confusion of the entire audience. Like, wait, why is he so excited about Hulk? Oh, it's so good. It's very imposing. Why is he so happy? <laughs> so Thor tries to talk to Hulk. Instead of fight him, but Hulk is just there to fight. He is, and the weird part is that Hulk talks back. Hulk talks. I don't understand it, <laughs> but I also might, and we'll get there. We will get there for sure. Thor manages to hit him pretty hard to the audience and the Grandmaster surprise, and then he tries the whole Black Widow sons getting real low. <laughs> I like that quite a bit technique and. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because he goes (laughs) to the palm and he starts to rub his palm. And then Hulk grabs him and starts whipping him around, slamming him down. And I love Loki's reaction. Loki's loving it. Yeah, that's how it feels. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So Hulk overpowers Thor in the battle and he starts punching him in the face repeatedly. And it looks like Thor is probably going to die. Yeah, it doesn't look good. And he has a vision of Odin back in Norway. And it causes his power to surge. And we get the lightning and the thunder and the you know Lord of Lord of Thunder. Exactly. And the tables turn and Thor starts winning the fight. Yeah, he does. And it's weird that we've, I mean, this is the first look we've had at the lightning version yeah. of Thor. The Odin force. Right. Yeah. And it's strange and convenient. I like what it sets up. Yeah. But it's one of those things like you've been around for how long? And you're just figuring this out now? Well, he's been, been, re- been in much worse situations. Yeah, but he's been leaning on Mjolnir a lot. I guess that's true. I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like a, an interesting time to introduce this, this well, new power. I don't know how close he's been to that close to death at the, you know, fists of Hulk. But yeah, that's something worth worth considering. I mean, didn't he get awfully damn close in Dark World at the end? I like how you're searching your mind right now. i trying the so hard to Dark remember World. Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Eccleston, and there was red. There was red, and I'm sure he was in danger. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think they were in control of that situation because they had the whole Loki fake out. So I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I'm not convinced, but I'm not unconvinced. So Thor's really, really old. Therefore, yes. he's had to have been near death at some point, especially for being a warrior. Of That's his true. Class. Yeah. All I'm saying is, him discovering this Odin force. Maybe Odin had to be dead. Who knows? Maybe. But it just seems a little too convenient for me. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, it's that turn in 3,000. That's when you finally get the full force. Of your You're life. saying you, like, Pokemon evolved? It's like, your Thor wants to learn a new move. Do you forget yeah. an old move? <laughs> oh, Thor forgot Mjolnir. I guess I don't need no hammer throw anymore. <laughs> that's silly. Yeah, <laughs> that's so all right, silly. that's fair. The Grandmaster doesn't want to see his champion lose because the crowd loves him, so he activates the little electrocution disc on Thor's neck, and then... The Hulk just starts going to town on him. Yeah. He does this really big jump high, high up into the sky, and he's landing with a punch. And we don't really see what happens after that, because Thor blacks out. It's not what you want. I'm sure if you get hit that hard, well, you're not going to die, unless he did die, because the next scene kind of suggests that he was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know what happened. They never fill in that hole. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they don't. Thor awakens in Hulk's quarters, and Hulk is in a hot tub. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That like he awo- awoke, and I thought he was like dead because of the reaction from the girls who were like dressing his non wounds because he's a god and doesn't have wounds, right? But it was just weird because he popped up, and then these girls just ran off like, "Oh God!" Like someone just came back from the dead, almost. So it's just it's weird. I don't know. I didn't get that impression. It's I think a they weird were just reaction. surprised that he woke up so soon. Maybe I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure. It's a good question. I mean, my wife loves Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Look at the man. Look at him. He looks nothing like me, therefore she loves (laughs) him. But you would have to imagine these girls would want their hands still on him, even if he's alive. Especially if he's alert. Exactly. Then it's not (laughs) creepy and weird. Right. Uh, Maybe they were just creepy and weird girls. Maybe they weren't even nurses. (laughs) How'd you guys get in here? (laughs) Quick while he's asleep. Let's touch him. Let's just go touch him. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it either. (laughs) Hulk is in a hot tub, and that's not a hot tub time machine bit. No, that's a proper hot tub. That is a Hulk in a hot tub. He reveals that the Quinjet that he took at the end of Age of Ultron- I guess so. Is how he got to Sakaar. And he refuses to return to Earth because everybody hates him on Earth. And the people of Sakaar love him, so why would he leave? Exactly. And I like how Hulk runs over. He sees the Quinjet out there just in the convenient- Yeah trash planet it just happens to be with an eye shot right there again uh hulk also gets out of the hot tub yes and he's very naked completely naked and i like how chris hemsworth's like nope that's in my mind now yep but then we see some some hulk buns we see hulk but was not prepared for that yeah i bet not i mean thor got had to see the front front side and he was prepared for that it's like i was not expecting to see the back side equally so we all got something we we didn't need yeah, we all got a little bonus that day. I guess that's what you want to call it. Depending on how you look at it. <laughs> I've been seeing Hulk's butt for four years, so for me now, it's, it's nothing. It's just a little <laughs> for you. I got it. All right. It turns out Hulk is actually really good friends with Valkyrie, and they train together. So Thor gets Hulk to agree after some, some heartfelt communication between the two of them, where you know they realize that they're pretty similar. They're both just very angry. Like Hulk is like fire and Thor is like water. Well, Thor's like, well, we're really both like fire. <laughs> but Hulk is like raging fire. and Thor is like smoldering embers <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I also like how Thor is like, you Hulk, I prefer you. Dr. Banner's so boring. Yeah. He's all science and numbers. And What is that? What is that? <laughs> you. Me and you, we get along.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: And I think. Hulk is getting attached to Thor here. Like, he doesn't, Hulk's never had a friend because he's always just been the other guy. Right, right. Which they literally call him in the Avengers is the other guy. Well, I like how, before they even have this heart to heart and they're at each other's throats, how Thor is like, yeah, we." everyone calls you the stupid Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hulk, like, right in his big Hulk heart. Yeah. Uh, they even play a little bit of the Hulk theme from the Hulk. TV show, yeah, Sad Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. There's a lot of fun little winkdings in this. There's a ton of winkdings when it comes to the score. We will get there. We will. <laughs> so Thor convinces Hulk to help him out a little bit and trick Valkyrie into coming into the quarters so Thor can steal the control device and remove the disc from his neck so he doesn't get electrocuted anymore. He's getting tired of it. Yeah. And at the same time, he's going to kind of call out Valkyrie for not caring about Asgard and she's like I will hubor you until I finish this drink and it's like a giant jug of something she finishes <laughs> right. in like two seconds I like how Thor is like just like oh my god he stops mid thought because he's just impressed very impressive to watch <laughs> and then after he removes the disc he throws this red ball into the window he's like, because that's what heroes do and it bounces back and hits him in the face before he can even get the line out I love it so he just gets up off the floor and, and then repeats the line walks over to the window and jumps through it. It's a long fall. It's a big, long fall. He catches himself on buildings and whatnot. You have to imagine that with a hammer. Would it have been much easier to do all of this. Absolutely. I feel like he would have just flown with a hammer. I was gonna say he would, like, win the day too easily, with Mjolnir still around. Yeah. This is like the perfect story for him to he not. He would just have a hammer. Spin it around and then ride it. Oh, you ride a hammer? Well, no. Oh, the, the hammer rides you, like on your back. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I love actually back to back up to that line. Yeah, I love that that Korg just straight out says like, "Oh, it sounds like you have like a really close emotional relationship with this hammer, and losing it has been almost like losing a loved one." He's not wrong. I I just love how spelled out it is. Yeah, it is spelled out. But then I feel like the character and the acting and everything else that's happening yeah. doesn't say that at all. It's like the perfect way to be heavy-handed because it's it's subtle in that it's I don't think it's not subtle. It it's not existent is what it is. It's a line from Korg. And yeah. you're like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is." But then you're watching the rest of this and you're just like, "But he's not showing any detachment from not having Mjolnir. It doesn't feel like the death of a loved one. It might as well be him losing Odin again because he seems to have almost no emotional reaction to that either." I don't know about that. He really doesn't. I mean, he flashes back to him once, but like, he just lost his father a million years, and he's just like, all right. Yeah, but he immediately turns to fight his brother afterwards because he blames it on him. Yeah, but it's just weird. He he has very weird reactions, and I do understand that it will come back later. Yeah. But here, it just it was a weird line from Korg that is dead on the mark of yeah. what it should be. Should be. But not what's presented. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So Thor breaks out and he tries to leave in the Quinjet when he gets to it. But Hulk shows up right behind him. And while Thor finally unlocks the, the panel and everything with you know the point break joke because we've got to have Stark in here somehow. Of course, yeah. Hulk shows up and starts just tearing through the back of the plane. Is this intentional? Is Hulk trying to damage the plane so Thor can't leave? Or is he just trying to find Thor? I took it as intentional. I think so too. But he also comes back down to Earth because there is a hologram, yes, of Black Widow. There's planet. a recording of Natasha trying to get Hulk to turn around the Quinjet after the events of right Ultron, and Hulk turns back into Bruce Banner, and he's very confused. He's extremely confused and naked. He's been the Hulk for <laughs> what two years was it? It is two years. So Thor dresses him in some of Tony Stark's clothes, <laughs> of course, which are extremely tight. <laughs> I like that joke a lot. Yeah, it's very good. Banner's extremely confused. He's been in Hulk form since Sokovia, which was two years ago. He had no idea if they even saved the day there, which is amazing to me. Because Hulk completely took over. He says, like, usually it feels like they both have a hand on the steering wheel, but this time it's like the Hulk threw him in the trunk and had full control. And he's afraid that if he ever becomes the Hulk again, Banner will be gone completely. Which is a stretch. But, hey, he knows his body better than... Anyway. Knowing what we know at this point in the, in the universe, I don't know if it's a stretch. You don't think so? He's been gone for two years, and he's been Hulk the whole time. I guess that's true. It didn't take much to get him back, though. You just show a clip of Natasha, and you're good to go. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like a piece of his humanity that was important to Bruce right. back in Ultron. Yeah, but I mean, they showed one clip, and he's just like, yeah, coming down. Yeah, the power of love, man. Huey Lewis in the news. I guess so. <laughs> it just seems too easy. I guess that's the part that bothers me, because you did have the setup before with Thor doing, oh, sun's getting awfully low there, buddy. And then yeah. once he sees Black Widow on this video, it's just instant come down, fine. Yeah. And there's a line coming up that's going to annoy me a little bit within this Hulk story, because Hulk doesn't exist in his own stories. This is the closest thing we have to a Hulk storyline yeah. that you're going to get since The Incredible Hulk, right? the movie that we've all forgotten about. Right. <laughs> I can't believe we're going to say it again. We'll get there. The Grandmaster calls up Valkyrie and Loki because he knows Loki is Thor's brother and Valkyrie is the scrapper who brought Thor to him. He's her contender. So he's going to send the two of them to go find Thor and Hulk. Seems easy enough. Yeah. Loki's like, "Uh, within 12 hours, I'll have him here. And then Valkyrie's like, I'll have him (laughs) here within two. And then Loki's like, well, I'll have him here within one. I like that. It's very good. But I also like Goldblum's really into it. Oh yeah, Goldblum's like, I woke up this morning uh, thinking of public execution, but I I quite like this, who's going to bring him to me first? It's nice. It's a very subtle threat, and I quite like it. No, I don't know. I feel like since it's Goldblum, I don't think there is subtle threats. Okay. Like everything that he says is threatening in its own way. That's fair. Which is amazing for how calm he is. Yeah. But you just know that like this is Goldblum. Yeah, but it's this way of saying like, whichever one of you doesn't bring him to me, you're, 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 you're going getting... to be killed in public. Yeah. Yes. And I love that. It's very good because it's Goldblum. So the two of them start fighting because obviously they both want to be the first to get to Thor and Hulk. While they're fighting, Loki recognizes the same tattoo that Thor did earlier and says, hey, you're a Valkyrie. And then he triggers a vision from the past. Can he do that? I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. He like touches her head. And then we get to see Hela and all the Valkyries, and it just was very, very cool, and yeah. I love the way it's shot. It looks gorgeous. It's amazing. Oh my God, it's good. Very slow motion and and jarring with a... They used a strobe light, and they filmed it at like 900 frames per second. That'll do it. That actually checks out the way that's lit. Yeah. I have questions about when this fight happened, though. Well, it'd have to be pre-Thor. Yeah. I'm assuming. It was... Before Hela was imprisoned by Odin, though, right? Unless this was his act of trying, like to, his imprison trying to imprison her. Trying to imprison her. I guess that makes Which sense. Which make it does make sense. So we have nine realms then. If that's the case, where the hell's Thor? Where's Loki? At this point, I don't understand how age works. I, I don't suppose. either. I've yeah, that's that's a good question. I imagine they're just not born yet. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things like, how old are you? I'm 35. All right, well, you're done now. You're done aging for a million years. Forever. Cool. It took you (laughs) long to get here, but now- But then somehow Odin, I mean, how old is he? Because he looks old. So old. He's so old. Got to be in the millions, right? (laughs) But yeah, Valkyrie has this vision of all of the other Valkyrie soldiers dying at the hands of Hela, and somehow she's the only survivor. We don't really find out how she got away, but- she did, and she went to Sakar and now she just drinks in misery. Right, and you know what? I have to imagine Thor would have to be alive, because Thor even said he wants he wanted to be a Valkyrie growing up. Right. So he'd have to know about the Valkyrie, and I mean, if he had just read it in the books or hearing these stories. Maybe. Like, Maybe. I mean, otherwise, he would probably know that they were all women, if they were around. Well, he found out, it seems like pretty quickly, that they were all women. Like, he probably thought, like, this is cool, I want to be that. And then, oh, you can't, they're all women. Oh, all right. I, mean, so I, I don't know. It, I don't know. The whole history of Asgard is strange. It's a strange place. Yeah. It's all very questionable. Valkyrie comes to and she knocks Loki out because she's very strong. She is very strong. She finds Thor and Banner and she's like, who are you? You seem familiar. And He's like, yeah, you seem familiar too. It's great. And she agrees to help them. And then she reveals to them that she's captured Loki. We're about to get into like one of my favorite things, and it's when Loki starts to Loki. Yes. Every time he does his God of Mischief bit. Like it is just wonderful. It's great. Sometime around here, Heimdall and Thor have like a meetup. Well, cause Thor asks, he's like, "I want to have the vision. I would need to see what's going on, or right. whatever." And then they, he gets yellow eyes, Scott Farkas style, and then <laughs> him and Heimdall are talking via yellow eyes. I don't understand. Yeah, but they're it's, together. At it's the like same Bluetooth, time. but it's yellow eyes. Right. And Thor is just on Asgard, looking around, like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty bad here, isn't it?" And Heimdall basically says, what you need to do is go through the largest portal in the sky and you'll be right back here. It'd be great. Well, it turns out that that portal is called the Devil's Anus. (laughs) It's very fitting. And Banner has some kind of sciencey explanation for it. And Valkyrie is just like, my ship can't get through that. So we're going to need to find a better ship. Right. And Loki, all tied up in the corner, is like, hey, I have the Grandmaster security codes, and I can get control over his system. We can get his ship without him ever finding out about it. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Even Banner's like, "Eh, huddle up. Do (laughs) Do we trust him? It's a very fair question. Yeah. And Thor's like, no, never. Of course not. Well, it's interesting also, because he starts telling a quick story about how when they were younger, how like, Loki stabbed him with a knife or whatever. And he's like, yeah. and then the punchline of that was like, we were eight. It's like, so when was this exactly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Loki disguised himself as a snake, and he knew I loved snakes, so I picked up the snake. And then he turned back into Loki, and he went, ha, and he stabbed me. We were eight. So how does Asgard age work? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the Loki series. I'm hoping. That would be such... Weird exposition. <laughs> it would be very bizarre, but it's a TV show, so they got the extra time, right? I could see it now. You just see Loki sitting in like an armchair with a smoking jacket. <laughs> Hi, it's me, your good buddy Loki. Today we're going to talk about the Asgardian calendar. <laughs> and aging on Asgard. Exactly. It's kind of like a weird Fred Rogers bit. I'd watch it. <laughs> Mr. Loki's Neighborhood. I love that idea. Yep. A lot. <laughs> I'm incredibly in. It's too bad you can't have Stan as the mailman. Can't do it. You could have a few years ago, but not anymore. No, long gone. He's been snapped. That's right. (laughs) So their plan is to break out Korg and Meek so they can start their revolution and distract the Grandmaster while the Revengers go to steal the ship. What (laughs) a great name that he came up with on the spot. Oh, man, and it's so well done because he's like, oh, we're the... Revengers. I like how even he knows it's such a terrible name, yep. but he's like, yeah. Lean in. Lean in. I only know teams that end in Vengers. That's so. right. I like that, that Banner doesn't he's just like, I don't even know if I want revenge. <laughs> but also makes a question of the name, the Avengers. Yeah. What are you guys avenging? Exactly. Back on Asgard, Scourge has civilians rounded up to demand the location of the Bifrost Sword. And when nobody speaks up, Hela's like, all right, well, you're going to execute this random chick over here. And Scourge is like, I don't know if I can do it. But he he raises his axe, and just before he has to go through with it, a civilian's like, all right, all right, I'll tell you where the sword is. Lucky for Scourge. Lucky for Scourge. Back on Sakaar, Loki and Thor are in an elevator going to the Grandmaster's garage, I guess. And they're having like a heart-to-heart talk, and they agree that Loki would be better off staying on Sakaar. It's Thor who says it. Yeah. Because Loki clearly wants to stay. He's yeah. found a place that... Really works for him. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect place for a god of mischief. It's wacky and insane and and he's fitting in. And he'd really and Thor's like, you'd really thrive on this planet. It's a big brother move, I guess, or yeah. however old they are. Again, unknown. It's unknown. We still know I mean we know that Thor is older than Loki, but that's all we know. That's about all their... we know. by how many thousand years? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Thor decides that they should they should do get help. I do like that quite a bit. <laughs> And Loki's like, I hate get help. And Thor's like, no, it's great. Do you have a better plan? And Loki's like, no. It's like, all right, we're going to do get help. I like, you smash cut to the elevator doors opening up. And Thor going, somebody get help! While Loki's like on his shoulder looking injured. Yeah. And then Thor throws Loki at the assembled bad guys who are approaching them. And that's get help. That is get help. And it works. (laughs) It works. Loki inevitably betrays Thor. Of course. As they're escaping. But Thor quietly places one of those electrocution discs on his back because he's become predictable. He has. And, man, I, I feel like it deserves being said at this point. I think Loki's the most interesting character in the MCU. He is very interesting. You never can get a read on him. Yeah. You and you I never think that's know that's the best part about it because you do have heart-to-heart moments yeah. with him. And it shows that he like genuinely does care. And he cares quite a bit. Yeah. He has a noticeable reaction when Odin says, I love you, boys. He does. And the camera is on a one or on him even. It shows him. It doesn't show Thor on that line. Right. Which is just a wonderful touch also. But when he does his mischief moves, when he starts to make his weird ghosts and stuff like that, just like this is fascinating. Because uh, in a scene earlier in the weird freaky circle prison (laughs) there, Loki's there and Thor is just throwing rocks at his projection the entire time. And it's Loki and his weird, like, force ghost telling about, like, the contest, like his projection, if you will. Yeah, he's you like. You see I, these rocks going through. I haven't Thor seen the champion, but exactly. I hear he's, Yeah. But I love that idea that you never know if Loki's even there, right. which is amazing. And I like that Thor's coming to the point where he anticipates it. He's like, you're not here. And he throws rocks at him. Right. It's a good test. It's the Loki test. Yeah. Even when Valkyrie has him captured, as soon as he walks in the room, he throws something at him to make sure that it's actually him tied up in the corner, which is great. And he hits him with it. It's he sure does. Phenomenal. It's going to happen sometimes. But now Loki is lying on the floor being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, there's no off switch to this one. Even though Thor weirdly throws the remote. He takes the remote and he throws it intentionally out of Loki's reach. He does, but he could have just, you know, kept it. He could have. Unless there's like a range on it that I don't understand Oh, well, maybe. That's possible. I don't know. It, the range seems pretty far because Goldblum uses it from the top of the stadium. Right, huh? <laughs> right, right. So. Thor tells his brother that he knows he'll always be the god of mischief, but he had hoped that he would have shown some capacity for growth. I would say he absolutely has. Yeah, but at this point, betraying Thor at this moment to go back and rescue Asgard is kind of the growth that Thor's been looking for. That's also fair. stand up for your home. Right. Well, it's not his home. It's his adopted home. Yeah, but he's probably lived there for way thousands of years or more than he did his original home. How do we know? Well, because he was a little boy. In when he was eight, form, in the form of a little boy, when right. he left Jotunheim, you're right. So, and now it makes me wonder if the the little boy that we saw, how old he was? Yeah, he could have been like a hundred or something. Complicated. <laughs> but yeah, Thor drops the controller and he leaves in the Grandmaster's ship. Sometime later, Korg arrives with a group of prisoners with jobs. <laughs> of course, not don't li- slaves. Don't don't, like the slaves. Don't like the word slaves. <laughs> don't like the S word. I don't like that word, mainframe. Why wouldn't I like the word mainframe? <laughs> and Korg turns off the device, and Loki's like, "You guys look like you're in desperate need of a leader." And Korg's like, "Oh, thank you." I love how Loki inserts himself into there. Yeah, and Korg's like, "This is great. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> He'll probably remember to print enough pamphlets." Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> Thor, Valkyrie, and Banner make their daring escape, being chased by the Grandmaster's army, and they're in his. Pleasure ship. It's that type of pleasure. It is that type. The type you're thinking about, it's that type. That's what it is. Valkyrie's in her own ship until it gets blown up, and then she jumps from ship to ship, just destroying them. It's badass. And Thor's like, oh, I should help her. And he jumps out and he's like, Banner, fly this. And he's like, I don't know how to fly this. Like, use one of your PhDs. It's great. I love how he's like, I don't have one in flying alien (laughs) spacecraft. It's wonderful. Now he's flying the pleasure ship. Yeah. And he's looking for a gun, and he hits a button. And he's like, "That's got to be a gun," and it's just fireworks. And it's like, "It's my birthday." <laughs> I love that so That's much, so good. You got to be careful because when he pushes the, that button, yeah, this is after you find out that there's orgies. This is the orgy ship that happened on this ship, and he's in random. He button. pushed a button that looked like a butthole. Yes, it's like you have got to be careful, man. That's true. You don't know what's going to come out of that seat. <laughs> oh no, it could be fireworks. It could be. <laughs> I like how you're going with fireworks coming out of the seat. Yeah. And not so much like a Mac from It's Always Sunny. His chair. Yeah. That has the the, the bicycle. The bicycle. That's what it is. Oh, for sure be that. (laughs) You don't know if Game Master Goldblum wants to do some sort of sexy Tour de France (laughs) on his pleasure ship. With that type of bicycle. You do not know. There's only one way to find out. Just start hitting buttons. Don't push the butthole button. Don't don't push the buttons. Especially after Valkyrie says, there's no guns on that ship. Banner's like, this has got to be a gun. Yeah, no, he's not a good doctor sometimes. (laughs) It doesn't involve science stuff. He is just useless. Yeah, this button looks like it could be guns. (laughs) Careful. But they successfully make it to the devil's anus. They do. And they- Maneuver through all the junk and debris, and they arrive at Asgard. I like how quickly that happens. Yes. Hela has begun an assault on the fortress where Heimdall and the hiding Asgardians are holed up. But Thor takes the throne, and he starts, you know, pounding the stick, and she hears it from all the way over there. She's like, oh, gotta go fight Thor. (laughs) Right. Never mind these guys. Some motherfucker sitting in my chair. Banner and Valkyrie fight to help the civilians escape via the Bifrost, but they're cut off by the undead army and the enormous Fenris. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening on the Rainbow Bridge. There is, and the undead army, not terribly strong. No. No, you have Asgardian civilians pretty much holding their own against they're them. They're doing just fine. It makes me wonder, like, these are great, it's Guardian Wars. It's like, once you take life away from them, and then you reanimate, it's like...
1: Yeah. They were
0: great like a million years ago, but now they've maybe, been dead maybe for a million. million years ago. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It's like an army of darkness situation, though. Yeah, for That's sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fenris proves to be invulnerable to the ship's guns because once they get to Asgard, Thor puts guns on the pleasure ship. And Valkyrie is firing the guns and they're doing nothing to this giant wolf. So Banner's like, all right, I guess I got to do this. And he jumps from the ship, knowing that he may never come back from being the Hulk. That's the weird part about that, is he says, like, if I turn into him again, I'm going to stay him. It's like, how do you know? He doesn't know. He's guessing. he said, Oh, he says it very matter of No, he says, if I go back, I might never be Banner again. He seems extremely convinced. I don't think might never was in that Oh, no, 100%. He said either a maybe or a might. It was not a sure thing. I will sure gladly thing. watch this movie again. I, I, I will. expect that you will at some point. But- As somebody who's seen it probably nine, 10, 11 times- Sure. I'm telling you, there's okay. a qualifier. Okay. I'll <laughs> believe you. It just seems like they have the key to bring him back now. So he shouldn't be all that worried. They know what the key is, but they don't have access to it where they are. Whatever. He stays Hulk for like a week or whatever while they go find Natasha. Problem solved. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. I can understand being locked outside of your body for 2 years and then just being uneasy about wanting to do that again immediately. It seemed to work out for him. He got real famous. He did get real famous. Uh but Banner, Hulk got real famous. Banner has no idea what happened. Right. But is so, that bad? Is that is that all that bad? If you're Banner? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's got a miserable life. <laughs> That's true. He's Mark Ruffalo. And he used to be Ed Norton. <laughs> right. He's very confused. <laughs> so you know what? Maybe Hulk Maybe Hulk, jump Jump out of the ship, see what happens. Uh, He goes splat. Yes, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right in the rainbow bridge, just splat. I love that. And the wolf is like, "Uh, what's this? (laughs) And he looks at it for like a second, and he's like, all right, back to these alive Asgardians. Right. And he lunges, and he gets caught by the tail by the Hulk, because Banner magically transforms off screen. From death to the Hulk. Even though he should have been on screen from where the angle of the shot is. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and the Hulk throws the wolf from the bridge and they fight in the water. Gotta fight somewhere. I mean, you have to. As the battle breaks out between the undead and the Asgardians, Loki arrives with Korg and Meek and the Sikarian allies to take on Hellas forces to buy time for the refugees to get aboard the ship. So a lot happening. Loki, once again, good guy. He has, once again defied expectation. Right. And showed up. But I like how he is in this leadership position now, and he's acting like it. Yeah. He understands, I can't just lead this ship of ragtag aliens. <laughs> like, I need people. I need civilians. I think that's his his MO here for getting the Asgardians onto this ship. I don't know. I think he, he has... Asgard is his home, and he's trying to save the Asgardians, I guess. That's where I'm leaning. Okay. And... Especially when he arrives and goes, Asgard, your savior has returned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, he needs people to lead. He needs people to worship him. That's why he built a statue to himself earlier. Yeah, but I feel like going back to Asgard, if you intend to lead, you better hope your brother's going to die in this fight. That's pretty fair, even though he has no right to the throne either way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Odin considers him a son. That's not Bud. That's not how... Kingships work, yeah. But if everybody who's heir to the throne is dead and the guy that the old king thought was considered a son is there, it might as well. So you're just gonna go with the might as well. I mean, it's the same as how their age works. (laughs) Can you imagine like an Asgardian lawyer? Oh my god, I want to sort any of this stuff. I want it, I want it so bad. Russell (laughs) Crowe, he's got like a full wall that's just an abacus. That he keeps moving based on like, oh, if you're this old, and you're this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be consensual. I guess. Oh, God. You went dark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Thor loves the ladies. I have to imagine the Asgardian folk yeah. love the the other Asgardian folk. I don't know, the Brian. Asgardian age of consent is like 20,000. <laughs> <laughs> if you can correctly spell all nine realms. Have oh, at it. Fuck God. all you want. That's insane. Yeah. It's like, you're going to be 9,000 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to finally <laughs> do Jodenheim. <laughs> you go to the Bone Zone that night. It's a J. It throws you Yeah, that every single time. Thor is completely overpowered by Hela, who strikes him across the face, cutting out his right eye, and says, oh, now you look like Dad. Now I have an issue with this. You do? I do. Because when you see... Thor in Infinity War, he's got the one eye, mm-hmm. and had he not seen Ragnarok, you get confused. And then your buddy says, "No, you got it torn out in Ragnarok." You go, "Okay, looks like his dad." I get that whole symbolism, symbolism, or something. and all that stuff. He barely reacts to losing an eye. That's true. Well, I mean, he's a very strong boy. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> come on. No, no, you're right. It's probably <laughs> it's probably more painful to lose a super eye than it is. Just his normal eye? You're I saying- I don't know. I don't know. It bothered me. It that felt he... like it had no like reaction to it. There's, there was almost nothing there. He got hit. Oh, Now you look like that. It's like, that should have hit you twice. That should have hit you physically and emotionally. And yeah. it does not. And it doesn't just, land just anywhere. Just lay there, eyeless. Well, he's in the middle of battle. He doesn't lay he's there. He's a warrior. He turns and keeps fighting. Yeah. Because he's awesome. Because he's awesome. It's very weird. Yeah. Well- I mean, you already know. The emotions will catch up to him eventually. They totally will. They absolutely will. In the heat of battle, he's got things on his mind. <laughs> Mostly saving Asgard. I, I suppose so. It's one of those things, though, for this movie. That's like an ultimate we'll get there. Yeah. There's emotional payoffs that should happen and don't happen. Yeah. And we'll get there. Uh, yep. In like four or five movies. Something like that. <laughs> Hela is about to finish Thor off, when once again he has a vision of his father in Norway. Except this time they're going to have a whole conversation. Odin tells his son that Asgard is not a place, it is their people. Right. And anywhere could be Asgard. And Thor's like, yeah, but I can't defeat Hela without Mjolnir. To which Odin responds, what are you, the god of hammers? (laughs) I like that. Mjolnir was never the source of your power, but was simply used to focus them. Right, and it makes me curious about his power. Again, he's the god of thunder. Right. So he's the god of after-lightning sound. The sound that comes after lightning. But yet his Odin force is strictly lightning-based. Lightning, yeah. And electricity hurts him. Maybe there's something lost in translation. But then the neck thing hurt him with the electricity, and... He's the god of whatever this scene calls for. Got it. God of dead <laughs> astronauts. Got it. All right. All right. <laughs> Thor says, I'm not as strong as you. And Odin says, oh, no, you're stronger. I guess that's going to get you jazzed. But Daddy says you're stronger. And you look at Anthony Hopkins, you're like, but I'm surprised you can even hold yourself up. (laughs) You and Bob Barker (laughs) should be doing a marionette show together. Oh, no. (laughs) So Thor emerges from his vision, and he has somehow gone back in time to before the last line that Hela said, before he went into the vision. And she repeats, or doesn't? I'm not sure how this works. Unsure. What are you the god of again? And then he hits her with an enormous bolt of lightning, which I guess means thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and then he joins Valkyrie, Heimdall, Loki, Corgan, Meek on the bridge, just absolutely obliterating Hella's undead army. Cue immigrant song. Oh, it's so good. Fucking Zeppelin, man. So good. What so great good. placement for that. Apparently. Taiko Waititi did a sizzle reel, which Marvel frowns upon, their directors doing this. But he sent one to Feige that included Immigrant Song and all this footage from different movies. And it was so well done that Feige was like, yeah, this is the guy. And an Immigrant Song was part of the sizzle reel. I mean, he's a professional filmmaker. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. But that leads to the question, <laughs> how many of these professional filmmakers have sent sizzle reels that enough that Feige was like, don't send sizzle reels. That's a very good point. I got to imagine, like, Kenneth Branagh is, like, throwing (laughs) together his, and everyone's like, bud, you got to pull it back. You're doing Thor. Pull it back, man. (laughs) It's going to get weird, Kenneth Branagh. It's going to get weird. Did you just go film Shakespeare in the park? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I am Thor. My power is after lightning. The noise that (laughs) ripples across the ages, even though we don't know our ages. And My people, not a place. That's right. You nailed it. I think you hit all the points. Even though it is a realm. There it is. This is complicated. One of the nine realms. Right. I think. We strictly talk about realms, but now it's a people. (laughs) The Norwegian national team in the Olympics is going to get real fucky soon. No, oh, they're gonna get real good <laughs> at everything. <laughs> Hela tries to stop the ship carrying the Asgardian refugees and the Sakaran slaves, I mean prisoners with jobs, right? From leaving with one of her giant arrows of mindness that now don't even have to emerge from her. They can come just from the ground. From wherever. Wherever is convenient. I love it. It's awesome looking. And this one's huge. And it kind of pins the ship to the bridge. But Scourge is on board in disguise because he's like, I got to get away from this crazy lady. His disguise is the same disguise that Thor had <laughs> on earlier, where it was just a blanket over his head. A blanket. And like, I could see you. And he's like, not when I pull it over here. Like, Dracula is the blanket across his face. And I like how Scourge does that, too. Yeah. And then he turns on Hella, and he pulls out Des and Troy, which together make destroy. Right. And he just starts shooting... All of these undead soldiers eventually leaping off of the ship onto the bridge and taking out more before calling out Hella himself. And then, of course, she kills him because, duh. Because, oh, of course. Because, because, duh. But he got his redemption to a point. To a point. He struggled the entire movie. Yes. Just getting by. And then he gets re- re- redemption, I guess. Redemption, question mark. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's more Carl Urban in this movie. Now, I'm okay with that. Oh, Sign absolutely. Sign me up all day. Definitely. There's a lot of people who that's their pick for Wolverine. I don't like that one bit. And I'm glad that he was already in this movie because it lowers the chances. It does lower. Doesn't get rid of though. No. I, I, I can't even imagine that movie. Oi! What you smell there? It smells real good. I want to smell it even more. <laughs> snick, snicked. I I'm really... coming for you, Jean Grey. I really hope that Foggy drops the smell thing. <laughs> <laughs> just focus on the healing. He's gonna, like going lean it exclusively to the smell thing. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this Wolverine doesn't even heal. He just really smells good. <laughs> oh, my God. How great would that be? No, that would be awful. I'd pay to see that. I hope it's I a long time that. before we see Wolverine. I hope he's not even part of Whatever it is when they bring the X Men in. I mean, I hope it's such a long time. That's break, wishful thinking. But it's not going I, to happen because of his popularity. Yeah. But I hope you're right, though. Thor knows that Hela is still too much for him because Loki's like, hit her with another, another lightning bolt. And he's like, I just hit her with the biggest lightning bolt that's ever existed and it did nothing. Right. It didn't even thunder. It didn't even thunder. I don't understand how any of this works. <laughs> so he and Loki agree that as long as Asgard exists, she's going to grow more powerful. And the prophecy says that in order for Ragnarok to happen, Asgard must fall. And this whole time, it's been their destiny to ensure Ragnarok not stop it. Ragnarok gonna Ragnarok. Ra- right, yeah. Ragnarok. That's what everybody says. That's the old saying. Ragnarok's gonna Ragnarok. Right. Thor and Valkyrie distract Hela while Loki goes to Odin's trophy room to retrieve Serger's crown. But while he's there, he notices the Tesseract. Yep. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. And then he places the crown in the Eternal Flame. Allowing Sartre to be reborn. And of course, he grows the size of a mountain, not a house. And he starts just Just slicing up Asgard. Slicing up Asgard. Slicing up all the people, because that's what Asgard is. I mean, he's slicing up the realm, (laughs) not the people. Thor (laughs) tells his sister, fight's over. You can have Asgard. Yeah. Because this guy. (laughs) This guy fucks. This guy is huge and made of lava, and he's got a really big sword. So have fun. Can you imagine if she married him? She, like, <laughs> showed she up and just like, Surtur. wooed Serdar. I this love big it. Big Lava Man. <laughs> I... Thor, me and the Big Lava Man, we got dirty. And now I've created a new heir. Your father removed. Oh, no. <laughs> just <laughs> goddesses of lava death? Right terrifying exactly wait till he's twelve thousand years old when he's leaving his teenage years because time doesn't matter <laughs> he's gonna kill you yeah that's, that's how this works that is how it works like oh. hamlet style or whatever he was born he was small and i don't know a lot of years <laughs> later he was a baby and then then he stopped growing for about a thousand years right he was like a perfect 15 year old And then all of a sudden, he was like a 24-year-old outside, but he was also 70,000 years old. Yeah, It was really complicated. And then somewhere along the way, you hit Anthony Hopkins' age. Yeah. And and then you just turn into fireflies. I don't get it either. (laughs) It's a weird thing to turn into. Yeah. He just kind of explodes into sparks. Right. And everybody's like. Yep, he's dead. That's yeah, That that's, means that's all there is. All right, we can still visit him in visions if we get beat up enough, <laughs> right? So we don't have to mourn too much. <laughs> we have to go to the edge of death to visit Daddy. Well, <laughs> well, it beats the hell out of going into a bathtub and getting submerged. No, the hell beats the Oh, I see what you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get me a cat and a bathtub. I need to go see Daddy. <laughs> Those were two different scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you're right doesn't Thor- matter you go to hell either way that's true you either have a cat Do or a bath. you go a to like a super hell super hell if you combine the two you just go directly to the innermost circle of hell right like if you right. take a cat into the bath with you <laughs> you know what regardless if that's your intent if you bring a, a cat into the bathtub with you yeah you're going to the innermost circle of absolutely hell absolutely you are that's evil that's really just the fast track Thor takes advantage of the distraction of, you know, Surtur destroying the planet and knocks Hela off the bridge. Hulk emerges, having won his battle against the wolf, and he immediately attacks Surtur. I like that a lot. And Thor's like, come on, man, what are you doing? (laughs) And he manages to call Hulk off, and Hulk's like, but big monster, which is the most amazingly delivered line. Oh, it's so good. So good. Hulk just doesn't understand. Yeah, he's a it's wonderful Big monster. (laughs) I'm supposed to do that, right? He begrudgingly gives up on the fight, and he carries Thor and Valkyrie onto the ship, and they all escape. I love Korg here so, so much. Oh, my God. But it goes once again against the Asgard is the people. Yeah. Not the place, whatever. Because he's like, no, don't worry. It's got a solid foundation. It should be totally fine. And I like how... Surtur just smashes his sword and everything blows up. He goes, "Nope, that's gone." All oh right. yeah, nope, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, Surtur kills Hela and then destroys Asgard and blows himself up. And they're like, "All right, now what? All right, Ragnarok. We did it. It's over." <laughs> you win. Oh the yeah, event yeah. Of The Ragnarok. actual happening that is Ragnarok. Exactly. Thor understands now that the destruction of his home was inevitable, and that Asgard still exists and its people. I do have an actual ID trivia fact, uh, Of actually. course me, you do. Let me backtrack to this. Okay. Korg the Rock Monster introduces himself with a rock-paper-scissors joke when he first meets the Thor. It's wonderful. Korg explains that he ended up as a gladiator because he didn't print enough pamphlets. Paper beats rock. Ah. Later, at the end of the movie, at around two hours, Korg thinks that he accidentally crushed Meek, his blade-armed <laughs> alien <laughs> right. alien He's gladiator the blob friend. blob that is Meek. And killed him. Though Meek does wake up, Korg killing Meek would mean that Rock beats Scissors. That's actually very good. Is it? Yes. I thought that was a stretch. Yes. Okay. But it was logically broken down. A good stretch? And I like it. All right. Kudos to that one IMDb trivia fact submitter. Right? Well done. That's all I have for IMDb. Oh, goody. I mean, it's like the end of of the movie. movie. (laughs) But still, I'm always excited whenever you say that. Thor wears an eye patch, similar to the one worn by his father, and Loki returns, and the brothers reconcile, and Thor's like, if you were actually here, brother, I'd give you a hug. And then he throws something at him, and Loki catches it, because he is there. I love it. Once again. Instead of seeing the actual brotherly moment, we cut. We cut. We just know that, oh, the (laughs) fact that he's there is the the That is the emotional moment, yes. Thor goes to the bridge of the ship, and with the surviving Asgardians watching on, he takes the throne, which is more like the helm of of the ship, And he assumes his birthright as the King of Asgard. And there's an awesome moment where they're playing the Thor theme from the first movie. Which is great. And it's so good. With Loki, Hulk, Heimdall, Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek by his side, the new king decides to set a course for Earth. And we get a mid-credits scene. We sure do. Loki asks Thor whether he'll be welcome on Earth after, you know, the Battle of New York, that whole thing. And Thor's like, ah, it'll be fine. Everything is going to be just fine. <laughs> and then a very big ship appears in front of them. I like how ominous it is. It's extremely ominous, and they don't give you anything. They're nothing. just like cut absolutely credits. Nothing. And then we get a post-credit scene. The Grandmaster has been cornered by his former slaves, uh, prisoners with jobs. Prisoners with jobs, and he congratulates them on a successful revolution and declares the revolt a tie. That's <laughs> so good. I love it so much. And then we see Thor will return in Avengers Infinity War. And that should give you chills because of how close it is at this point. <laughs> yeah. And that is Thor Ragnarok from 2017, directed we did by it. Taika Waititi. The Taika Waititi. The fucking Taika Waititi. There he it is. kills it with this one. Uh, he's amazing. This movie here is incredibly good. It's so good. And I'd like it a whole lot more if it were a Marvel movie. Oh, that is a fair assessment. And that's the part about it that bothers me. Is Everyone said it's so different. It's so unlike anything that the MCU has done. Yeah. And it is. And that is the biggest problem with the movie in my mind. Really? And it's because a lot of people get really uppity about changing characters and changing scenarios and whatnot. And this is like the ultimate change, but it's done in a fun way that it gets ignored. What do you mean? I mean, this is goofy. Oh, absolutely. This is goofy beyond even what the Guardians did. Yeah. Because the Guardians is goofy, but it's consistently goofy. They were introduced as these funny characters. Right. Thor was not introduced this way. Thor has had two movies, and then all of a sudden now, he's this quick-talking jokes character where everything's a joke. I don't know if that's an all-of-a-sudden thing. It's never been like this. Oh, it's never been to this extent. That's true. And I mean, Taika has his fingerprints all over it, and that's not a bad thing. Absolutely. this is an incredibly good movie. Yeah. But does it fit the mold of a Marvel movie, of the MCU? And I will very much say it absolutely does not. And I think that is my biggest issue with the movie, is that it is so out of place and it should actually bother people more who care about things canonically, but it is such a good movie. It's such a well-made movie, and it is so entertaining that it is really easy to overlook it. Maybe it's just because I've lived with it for longer. It doesn't feel as out of place to me. Nothing comes back to being this goofy. Well, that's because it was immediately followed by the darkest movies but in that's the series. What, that's actually the thing that I like the most about it, is that I think Feige allowed this to happen allowed it to go this far yeah. and to be more of a comedy than even a superhero movie to a point. I think he knew what he was doing when he brought in Taika. I'd have to imagine he did, but it's one of those things where you set the table leading up to what is going to be an incredibly dark movie with Infinity War. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most important things. But I just don't think this thing fits with the MCU. Totally, it's, it's definitely an outlier. And you know that they were going for something different for no, Thor. No, that's the thing is that an outlier, I would look at Guardians as an outlier. Okay, because we've already been established with Thor. How Thor started out as this more mythological character. Right. With Kenneth Branagh directing in the yes. first one and then I don't remember who directed the second one. Doesn't matter. It wasn't Patty Jenkins. It and, was not. And that's why right. people were like But no. that was also incredibly Serious. It's very and serious. dark, and it's also received as one of the worst of the MCU. It is, but which then, is why they had to change tone, flip the switch, yeah, to this. And I just it it sits funny with me. Well, they, I mean, they spent movies like Age of Ultron kind of lightening the character. I don't know that it was an immediate switch. You can lighten the character, but then you instantly drop him down and start doing this weird chain bit yeah. right away, setting the the tone for this movie, right. You had said it's been a long time since anyone's watched this movie with fresh eyes. That's true. I got those fresh eyes, and this is the way I'm kind of seeing it and calling it. Sure. I think it's a phenomenal movie. It's great. I laughed so hard. I was so entertained. I was angry when it ended. because (laughs) uh, It's one of those you just wanted to keep going. You love these characters so much. But these are also characters that you kind of know at this point. It makes me question who they are. Yeah. I mean, the only... Your holdovers just, are Thor and Loki, Heimdall and Odin, and that's and basically you don't get a lot of You get Heimdall, but Heimdall wasn't really all that established. Heimdall is start. true to character from yeah, his right. previous and so, movies, and, Odin and so is, is Odin. Yeah, but then Thor is a totally different character now, and Loki is a totally different character. I don't know that Loki's totally different. Loki's, uh, you're, you're, I think you're right about that, but Loki adapts. He adapts, yeah. adapts very well yeah. to whatever situation he's in. So I guess my real issue is Thor. Is Thor. And I appreciate what they were doing, but knowing where the character is going to be in Endgame, this doesn't make sense. And I understand Endgame is him coming to terms with a lot of different things. Yeah. It's everything catching up to him. But (laughs) it seems like it's never addressed in the moment. And then in Endgame, is it forced that he has this past trauma now? I don't know. Because he doesn't address anything here. He doesn't react to anything here. No. Well, I mean, this movie, he's very much single mindset and in, in battle. He is. But even when he loses his dad, there's not much reaction. I get that he had to go right into battle. But he loses his eye, and even that's supposed to be a more symbolic thing. Yeah. And it feels like it doesn't land. It feels like this movie misses the emotional beats because it is so focused, focused on, the, on keeping on the, the chuckles. comedy. Yeah. And it even happens when you have Hella. Hella is a badass, badass. But she goes on this whole rant to Hogan about I'm the queen. This is my backstory, and he yeah. says something, and she's like, were you, were you, "Do I? Were you even listening?" She goes right into being jokey about it too. Yeah. So she knocks herself off of this actual threat pedestal that she put herself on in her monologue there. So it's like this movie is so interested in Keeping with the jokes. Right. Keeping you entertained exactly. instead of taking which is you on not a emotional bad thing, journey. Which is impressive in itself that it's able to pull it off for two hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nonstop. But but it, I don't think it's think, I think it misses some of the emotional marks that you get from other Marvel right. movies for sure. I don't know if it's unintentional, though. Because, I mean, you look at some of the other directors they looked at for this movie, and it's like Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland. Right. And 30 Minutes or Less. and. Rob Letterman, who did Detective Pikachu and Monsters vs. Aliens, and Ross and Marshall Thurber, who did Dodgeball. There's a lot of comedy directors. They knew what they were going for, and I do think that's them setting the stage for Infinity War. And I think they definitely made the right pick between oh, those four directors. without a doubt. Directors. Without a doubt. They set the stage for Infinity War yes. by making it so lighthearted. I just think it's out of left field. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think if this movie had been taken with a more serious tone, it would have been too heavy because of how much Thor loses in this movie. Thor loses a lot, but we don't feel it. Yeah, that's. I mean, we do, but not to the extent we're supposed. We should. Right. It should feel like a lot heavier, but because of the constant yuck yucks, it's lightened. Because I think they know they're going to hit it's you non-existent really hard. With lightened the next is, one. makes it seem like you're dampening it. No, I think I think there's definitely some emotional stakes in this movie, and I think those closing scenes you really feel. You start to hit feel with, it, hit it with catching Loki, up. I feel like is the only one you really got i think when he when he takes the throne so to say in front of all these remaining as guardians and there's just a emotionally there's the scene is dark and heavy isn't the first thing that he says like they say where do you want to go and he says i don't know is the first line i'm pretty sure that he said after even that so it's one of those like he finally got to this throne that's rightfully his yeah and they even threw in a joke of i don't know was it a joke or was it just him not being ready to assume this throne of Of being the king now. I'm taking it as a joke because he's been ready. That's been his arc. And he's finally arrived at this pinnacle now. So it just, it feels too, like too many jokes for me. Okay. It's not a bad thing. It just doesn't fit. That's my argument there. Is that it is so out of place, but it's still a feat in itself because of how good the movie is. It's interesting. But when you put it together with all the MCU, this one definitely stands out as being the least Marvel movie that there is. But I will make the argument that this is the most comic book. Oh, of I all agree. The, all the Marvel movies, probably even all the DC movies. This is the most comic book movie I feel like that's ever been made. This one leans in. Aesthetically, this one leans I'm not in. even going aesthetically. Oh, really? I'm going pacing. Okay. Is that you get all these very short stories told throughout and they land as different beats. You get all these weird, like, issues, if you will, comic book issues, of Thor fighting Surter. Yeah. That's the issue. He hits his major beat at the end, and then he's back on Asgard. And you get this play that's happening, and it's very comedic. And you get the change from Odin to Loki, and it turns out it's Loki the whole time. Right. And that's the beat right at the end. Yeah. Is this movie is so aware of where to place the beats that you can break this thing down into... A weird character arc. Yeah. That is meant for like one writer, one artist, one anything like that to tell this brief story. And it happens time and time again. When he finds out that like his dad's dying, they go and find the dad and you have this long conversation. Yeah. There's your beat. And you, you have your color. crossover with Doctor Strange. Exactly. And, yeah. It's all these fun little cameos that are happening, all these. Amazing short stories told within this grand scheme. I think that this thing captures what a comic book is better than anything you're gonna find. Yeah, that's fascinating. I agree. I love this movie. There it is. I very much love this movie. We got you there. But but But. but everything I said. Every, but everything all I said. that other stuff. Exactly. That it doesn't fit in with the rest of the MCO. And on that note, let's find out what other people thought of this movie. Mostly people on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think? 100. 90. 93. Ooh. It's way up there. 87% audience score, which is still way the hell up there. Yeah. Roger Ebert obviously did not see this movie, despite being in it, because he was the skeleton at the beginning that, that Thor was telling the joke to. <laughs> and it was weird, because you knew, but the jaw the fell jump- off. <laughs> <laughs> and you went, Roger, how'd you get in this movie, oh, man? Oh, my God. <laughs> well done. Others who did see it. You had Leonard Maltin. He says, Marvel is too smart to completely undermine the serious matters at stake for its stable of characters, but confident enough to play with them a bit. Thor Ragnarok has a personality all its own, and I suspect Marvel fans will love every minute. That's that's accurate. Richard Roper, he saw this thing, and he said, the only thing I enjoyed more than the comedy in Thor Ragnarok was a climactic battle sequence synced perfectly to Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Which was phenomenal. And it's very, very good. Peter De Bruges from Variety. Ah, De Bruges. He said, while it's not saying much, Thor Ragnarok is easily the best of the three Thor movies. Yep. Or maybe I just think so because its screenwriters and I finally seem to agree on one thing the Thor movies are preposterous. <laughs> That's true. It does lean into the insanity that is the Thor mythos. It's a weird mythos, yeah. especially for how long Thor has been around. And one that's hard to track. It's very as we've hard discussed. to track. Yes. <laughs> he gave it a rotten though. Oh, really? Or Rotten Tomatoes gave it a rotten based on the words that he used and they went, "That smells rotten." <laughs> I don't know how they work. He said bad things. He said it's <laughs> it's his favorite of Thors, but that means bad. That means bad, I guess. So going off of that, the Peter De is on amazon.com. <laughs> Got him. 28,000 reviews. It's got a 4.7 out of 5. 82% of 5-star, 1% 1 of 1-star, which still means there's fucking 500 reviews to go through. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Most of them are saying boring. What? Bad disc? 3 3D, things like that. Yeah. I pulled a bunch. Let's get it. Mostly because I just started getting more interest in the short ones. That makes sense. It's just easier at a point. There's 500. (laughs) So from January 12th, 2019, title, I'm not letting wife rate it or it would be a five. That's somebody whose wife really likes Hemsworth. Without a doubt. (laughs) He says, it's about a guy with a superhero hammer and it's made for adults. Do I need to say more? And my answer is, yes, yes. please do. Yes, I need you to say, I need to understand. Why you're so misogynist to your wife, first of all, right? for, for lighting, liking an actual man. And I say that as not an actual man. I don't look anything like Hemsworth. <laughs> Hemsworth is a man. Yes, for sure. And he doesn't even have the hammer in this one. No. that's For that's... like one scene, It's the hammer. Why I have questions. <laughs> and made for adults. Are we talking about the same movie? I don't know if we are. From December 1st, 2018, even the hotness of Thor couldn't make up for such poor writing. And he's pretty hot. <laughs> he is, but but is this movie poorly written? Is this movie written? That's a great question. <laughs> it's got three writers credited, as you, as I said to your improv thing. I don't know. That's I don't know. Maybe they're onto something. Maybe we're all agreeing no. Thor's hot. That's true. I'll I'll give him that. That's a good enough spot to transition, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> From August 15th, 2019, more like a parody than an actual Thor movie. When you compare it to the first two, yeah, I think so. I think that's what they're going for, yeah, and yeah. That's what I kind of think as well, that it does come off more as a parody of Thor. Yeah. We can't do what we did before, so let's blow it out of proportion. Right, right. And then it's got you... its own place, though, which is it does. exciting. From May 25th, 2018, title, not a fan. Uh-oh. Review. As you just read in the headline, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> uh, succinct. That's I like right. it. That's right. They got right to the point. <laughs> Why are you even down here? It says it all up there. I said it already. Why do you want me to repeat myself, Bezos? Not a fan. Jeez. Let me talk about <laughs> something else now that I am a fan of. I don't know what that would be. It doesn't matter. They would just say, like I said in the title, I'm, I'm a, a fan. God, this site's complicated. Ah. <sighs> uh. From May 2nd, 2018, jokes, 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 that's all it had, barely any storyline. I wouldn't say there's no storyline. It is very joke heavy. I get what they're saying. I under- I just wish they had spoken like a human being and not a troll. Yeah. And then they might have gotten an actual decent point across. Yeah. Have your troll spayed and neutered. <laughs> there's a hell of a story to this. It's just the emotional. I know what they're trying to say. <laughs> You articulated it way better than they did. I appreciate that, and I appreciate watching you try to- Maneuver that? Yeah, like an acrobat of words there. Yeah. It was great. I didn't want to <laughs> perjure myself for the Superstuff score later. Very fair. Very, very fair. Because I know you'll use my words against me. I will, just like an Asgardian lawyer. I still want that. I do, too. Don't give me She-Hulk. Well, no, I shouldn't say No, definitely I give me She-Hulk. very, very badly want She-Hulk. But follow it up with whatever- Asgard, Asgard Guardian for lawyer. lawyers. Yes, please. From May 6th, 2019. Hated how they made Thor, Loki, and Hulk completely different from their previous incarnations. Humor is fine, but going beyond Guardian of the Galaxy-type humor with established MCU characters is a betrayal. Did you write that? I did not. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I get it. That's why I pulled it. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Hulk and loki feel like evolutions to me. I agree and Hulk is on a journey. Hulk is on a journey which which we have read about in interviews with Feige about how we can't do a just Hulk movie so he went to Ruffalo and said what well, <laughs> we tried we blew it. Well no, it's because Universal Rights they don't right, at, right. at this stage in the game they can't just put out a a movie that Universal is going to collect on. So they went to Ruffalo and said what kind of journey would you like to see your character go on and we're going to put it through the next three movies. And that's the right move. And here, I mean, he has some growth. He has a a ton of growth. Definitely. And obviously, it's going to grow into what it becomes later on. Right. But it is interesting. But it is interesting. So that's my defense of Hulk. I don't know what to say about Thor. Fair enough. (laughs) Last one I have is from December twenty second, 2018. Had to have it in my collection. The main reason for the star subtraction is Amazon. Amazon. the movie. Just like, just what Amazon would let me arrange things. I love this guy. Yes. It's been so long. I just want to like email him an Excel spreadsheet, just a blank one, and say, I- I've-, I've solved your problem. Here's how <laughs> you do filters. Yeah. Enjoy life. Stop doing this. No, keep doing it forever. <laughs> you will, too. <laughs> Even after you're allowed to... Because you know what? Amazon still doesn't let you do it. Fair enough. <laughs> That's all I got for Amazon Stores. Let's give this thing a super Stuff score. Let's do that. But first... Hey, and now for another edition of the Kate Podcasts' Theater. This week's Keek Podcasters Theater comes to us from Keaton Patty. As always, of course, Keaton Patty forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of Cosmos <laughs> and then asked it to write a Cosmos episode of its own. Here's the first page. I will be doing the narration. You'll be doing the part of Neil D. Grease Tyson. That's a name that I'm going to have to <laughs> luckily not say. That's true. I hope. You keep pulling these wonderful things out. It's it's great. I don't know how I keep finding them. I don't but know either. I actually, I I do know how. I, your advice for Amazon guy with the spreadsheet. That's what you have. I have a spreadsheet Beautiful. of all of Keaton Patties. Fair like enough. Bot reviews are. Nope, nope. <laughs> They're not bot reviews. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I forced a bot to write this Amazon, a, an one, Amazon star <laughs> one star review. One star review. It's getting too meta. <laughs> Cosmos, exterior Earth. A man looks through a telescope. It's Neil D. Greece Tyson, space's boyfriend. We see he stares at two stars, sleeping. The balls of science. Stars. Hot gas from far away that I love. Neil gets in a ship of space and drives to the moon. The moon has been Earth's pet for many decades, but who pays for it? I pay for it. I'm never thanked. The ship warps at the speed of lice to a black hole. <laughs> Black hole will turn you into spaghetti. My dream is to be spaghetti, the Noodle Nebula. A comet drives (laughs) drives by. Neil waves at it. I know that man quite well. The comet does not wave back. Neil feels insulted by this (laughs) and follows the comet. The comet does not notice. It is a comet. The universe is infinite, but respect is not. This comet has a problem. Problem is me. The comet crashes into the sun to avoid Neil. Neil celebrates with a drink of NASA. Drinking gives Neil thoughts. Hold it! Is Mars still all red? Neil drives to Mars for answers, and it is gone. Where is Mars? Mars! Jupiter! Where is Mars? Jupiter ignores Neil. It's the most confident planet. The truth is always infrared. Neil puts on infrared eyes and sees Mars is now spaghetti. Ah, lucky Mars. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. It had space travel It's it, so appropriate. It sure did. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. That's the right move. Story motivation. I'm going to go one. Yeah. Gut reaction. I, I like how Ragnarok set up really early on. You can't stop Ragnarok and right they use Ragnarok in order to solve their own problem, which is, which is I love great. that. And I love what you said about the issues and how it feels like a comic book movie. Hey, I, I like what I said, too. The motivation, I do think it's a little screwy, but the motivation within the movie works really, really well. I think the main motivation here is to save Asgard. Which is screwy in itself, when you think about it, because it's not a place, it's a people. people. We don't find that out until later. Still part so of the then, story. So then we reassess what we're saving. Right. Which is why we get that I'm twist. I'm looking at this movie in a silo, because I feel like if you look at it within the- grander scheme of the MCU, yeah. it's not going to hold up story-wise as well as it right. should. I haven't mentioned any other MCU movies, though. I I know. Okay. And I'm, like, fighting mentioning them because I want to give this a one. All right. So let's move on. It's a one. Fair enough. That's mostly on the motivation side. Hero. It's Thor. It's Thor. It's a very different Thor, it's but a it's different this Thor. Thor. It is this Thor. That's and this Thor is... how we're Thor looking at it is is, this Thor. He's a very strong Thor, and he saves the day. With a little help from his friends, with with a little friend from his enemies, that's also a thing. Yes, that's just quick thinking on your feet. I suppose so. I will go .75. I will not go full one. I um I understand why. Fair enough. <laughs> and I and, and for that reason, I will write down the .75 and just be thankful I got that. <laughs> okay, noted. Villains. <laughs> I like hell a lot. Hella is hella cool. I am going to reduce points for that. Nope, you better I not. <laughs> you do not have to. She is so badass. She really is. I love her weaponry. Yeah. Because I don't know what it is. Right. But it's established, and it's just left as a mystery. Like, you see the blades come out of her arms and stuff. Yeah. And you see it, she could throw it. It comes out of the earth. It's like, what is this? And it's infinite. It's amazing. Which is, whew. And also- she can kick the shit out of Thor. Yeah. The fact is Thor did not beat her. No, no. He needed to bring in like some sort of supernatural being that is prophesied in order right. to beat her. Right, exactly, which we should talk about here. We're not going to talk about Hero again. We're leaving it. <laughs> um, I also like that we have Grandmaster. Uh, yeah. The Grandmaster who, who runs this the contest game of champions. Master man. That's what I look at him as. Sure. I don't know what he is. He is, he's actually the cousin of the Collector, played by Benicio Del Toro in the Guardians movies. They need to be together. Right, yes. In a film. A hundred percent, I want that. But he runs this contest of champions. He keeps these prisoners with jobs. And I like that he's henchy in terms of the entire story, but he's not a henchman anybody. He's his own villain. Right. And he has his own story. Same with Surtur. All three of these villains are disconnected, but then the story connects them. And I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I don't love it a lot. Okay. Surter, he's beaten. Right. Pretty early on. He's he's your intro hero right. to set set the stakes. But then they bring he's he is Chekhov's villain. He really is, which is interesting. You know what? Chekhov's villain. One. One. I can't believe it. I mean, I would have given Hella a one. And then you add the other guys. Well, we'll talk about Hella in a second. We will. After we talk about parents. Oh, you're right. Ah, uh, we have a dead dad on screen. On screen. And that's what matters. And we know historically we have a dead mom. Exactly. So 0. 0.75 because yeah. Frigga does not die in this movie. That's true. She they, is previously dead. They mentioned they do her mention dad, her, which is nice. Which is the reason why it gets that 0. 0.25. And they use her yeah. funeral theme. They did. In the, in the play. Right. Which is fun. It's something. Female characters. I want to start at one. I agree. And I want to end at 1.5. Okay. Because Valkyrie's great. Valkyrie is phenomenal. She's and got I, her own little arc going on, which I like how she has her own backstory too. Absolutely which focused on. Hella obviously has her own thing also. Even how she has to break like the mural in the right. ceiling in order to reveal the truth. So right. it's like she wants to help Asgard recognize the actual truth too, not this whole rosy thing that's been planted for the past Exactly. However, However long. Long. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go one five. I agree. One five. I love the way that they they did these characters so much. Tessa fucking Thompson is a treat. And just every time she's on screen, it's it's her scene. She is one of the more perfect castings in the MCU. Absolutely. Hey. Setting. I really like Trash Planet. I love Sakar. <laughs> and I like the outside of Sakar where you have Trash Planet. Yeah. And then you get inside the Grandmaster's stuff and it's just like this Jack Kirby fever dream it really is it's gorgeous and it has the colors and you're like oh my god this is this is what jack kirby envisioned absolutely and down to the characters we, they look like we obviously like. get asgard we get a little bit more of asgard than we usually get because yeah. you even have banner when he gets to asgard he goes thought it'd be better yeah like right away he's like it's nice but it's it's on fire it is on fire <laughs> i uh, like you the- also got the catacombs underneath Asgard, you yes, finally get to see yes. that. You get the vault, right? Which is great. Which is great. There's I, a lot of fun things there. I feel like Asgard feels like an actual place now, instead of just like, oh, it's the castle. This is like right. a place where people live. And, and you there's also get the, the mountains, the revolutionaries who are hiding as right. well. Right. Not far from the ca- the castle, but still, hiding, hiding is hiding behind big doors that in, are the incredibly in the castle and the obvious, mountains that right? I mentioned. <laughs> I'm going to go one. All right. And I feel like it's a dirty one, and I don't know why. But I'm going to go one. I'm going to tell you why as soon as we move on to style and tone. Okay. (laughs) The reason you feel dirty about the one for setting is because we don't know how time works. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Style and tone. Taika crushes it. Taika. He establishes the, the tone of this thing early on. Immediately. I kind of like how the CGI is not the greatest. I agree. Because when we said Black Panther, that CGI is next level good. But then you notice the bad, with, yeah. the, with the Panthers, yeah, there's or whatever it is. You notice when things don't look good because you can how tell good everything else looks. Yeah. But this one, it's not so much Spinal Tap turned up to eleven. It's like turned down to like eight. <laughs> yeah, instead like of all having all of it, it's like, like not Black like Panther, blowing. in Black Panther, there were things that were really good, which made you notice the things that they didn't spend as much time on. Exactly. This, I feel like they spent the same amount of time on everything. <laughs> right. And you're like, like, how does it look? All right. Does it look pretty? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Above average? Yeah. Print. Print it. Done. We're on a timeline here, folks. (laughs) I really like how it's established. Yeah. And it keeps its tone the entire way through. It does. Easily. Which is a problem in itself for the grander scheme of things. Yes. But it's true to itself. Absolutely. That is important when it comes to an individual film as well. I totally agree. I'm going to go one. One it is. I like that. Music. I want to start with the Immigrant Song. Let you, we should it start with the It is such a song. good use of it. That instant 0. .25 for that one song alone. Yeah, for sure. We're starting at 0. .25 just for immigrant song. Mark Mothersbow. Yes. Of <laughs> Devo. The name. Yep. This guy has had a prolific career, and I don't know that a lot of people know how much of his music they've heard. It's a ton, it's a to put it lightly. It's a ton. I don't even know where to start with him. Because he's done so much, like the Rugrats theme, and he scored, I think, every episode of, of Rugrats. Yes, he did. Naturally, good progression at the Evo. Happy Gilmore, a bunch of Wes Anderson movies. There's a whole lot more. He's done like, a ton, I'm, I'm ton of watching TV. You struggle to pick out what to bring up. He's done a ton of TV. So Pee Wee's Playhouse, which is amazing. And he did Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Yes, he did. He also scored Tiger King. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, amazing. there's your quarantine memories. I'm bringing them up. I wish you wouldn't, but thank you. And he does a thing where this is his his music the whole time, but he incorporates the music from the first two movies in a way that is just very well done. And he incorporates the theme from the Hulk TV show. And he brings in pure imagination from Willy Wonka. So He's just scene a guy who so... understands the power of music. Absolutely. And I think he does a thing... That is rarely seen in the MCU, where he connects to the other movies that this character's been in. Better than maybe Taika did. I would say much better than yeah. Taika did. <laughs> so where do you want to go? I'm sitting at a one five right now. Really? I am. I think the music in this is phenomenal. I'm going to pull you down. Okay. I definitely want to go 1, and I'm debating the unprecedented one two five. I think we do a full 1 with the Immigrant Song Bump. I think that's fine. One, two, five. It's all arbitrary anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of the best scores in the MCU. I still think Black Panther is the best. That is, is not done best. by Silvestri. <laughs> Black Panther is still the best. Black Panther is phenomenal. Absolutely, I agree. One-liners. I mean, there's so many. There's, there's It's a ridiculous. Ton. Let's just call it a one and call it a day. I like, think there's just so many. That's a safe way to not Cause have us sitting here back and forth just all quoting one-liners. the movie. <laughs> final is the impact on the genre and this one to me is the tricky one okay because obviously it's totally out of the realm of the mcu it exists you say totally i say a little bit yeah it is out of the why realm. only a little bit i just i don't know maybe it's because i've lived with it longer that it feels like it's just part of the mcu now but because you know the name thor ragnarok that it fits into this spot canonically yeah but when you actually watch it, Fresh Eyes Again, it doesn't sit where it should. It doesn't feel anything like the rest of the MCU. And frankly, when you look at the movies that are to come, yeah, like the ones that we're going to be talking about in the future, it is nothing like those even. I mean, I, I bet you it's a lot like Thor Love and Thunder directed by Taika Waititi, though. Which isn't a thing yet, so we don't know that for I sure. I mean, they're filming it right now. Right so now, yes. which doesn't mean it, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing right now. But they brought the director back. But that makes sense that they would bring him back because you have these directors that shepherd the characters along. Yeah. That's the whole point of what they're doing. That's why they work so well together is because they have these champions of these characters. Right. I'd imagine Love and Thunder is going to be a lot like this tone. Yeah. I'd imagine it is. I I feel like it, it makes sense that it would be by bringing in Taika again. Yeah. I just think where this sits here... And where we go, when we go into Black Panther after this, we mm-hmm. go into Infinity War after that, we go to Captain Marvel after that, and then Endgame into yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. This doesn't feel anything like that. And realistically, uh, the story doesn't, there's hint, like hints and winks to it in Infinity War. And then obviously it goes, comes to, a, his story as a whole comes to a full head in Endgame. Yeah. But we've even said that it, his emotional distress isn't even looked at in this movie. So it doesn't really have an impact on Endgame as a whole. I disagree, though. Why? Because I think it has a huge impact on Infinity War, first of all. Huge impact. It's how it all starts. Right. It, it leads into it, but right. it's also, it also it tells you how Loki got the Tesseract. Correct. It, it sets up why Thor doesn't have Mjolnir and has to go on Correct. this whole separate this whole journey. journey. Which I agree with you on that one. But then and, and, when you look at Endgame, the character's entirely different again, but I understand why. In, in Infinity War, he's already, you can see that this has caught up to him in Infinity War, because he's on this mission. He's not like this happy-go-lucky Thor. He's finally- Which says that it's, the that it's such a drastic detour with this movie, that the character is such a, a an offshoot of what it's supposed to be. Now, this is the during- you can't. It's not you're not enduring. Supp- this is the different. It it absolutely is the during. This is the battle that sets up why he has those emotional reactions.
1: You're no, not gonna. are no, not going take. You
0: not You can't, you you can't, can't pause mid battle and can't start say you going. Have Man, I'm an emotional sad. movie, the first one, an emotional movie, the second one, then have a goofy movie, the third one. Not that goofy movie. <laughs> And then right away you change the character back to having to address the demons when he has the chance to address any emotional discourse in this movie and he chooses not to time and time again. It's not that he chooses not to. It just doesn't happen. No, he chooses not to, to for the sake of being focused on the battle at hand. I disagree. Uh, okay. I disagree. Okay. And I do think that this tone starts to live somewhere in the MCU in subsequent movies. Obviously not to this level. No, nothing's going to touch this level. But you get silliness in in Infinity War to an extent when they're not immediately at hand. I would say with it lives Thanos. within the and dialogue, but it's not even this dialogue. Ant Man and, and like, the Wasp and Captain Marvel definitely have hints of this. Uh, if you want to go back to Infinity War, I would say that lives more in the realm of the Guardians comedy than this. Okay, because the Guardians comedy, obviously, it's run through Chris Pratt a lot of the funny stuff. It's run right. through Benedict Cumberbatch. I love the way he's written.
1: So he's so phenomenal. Much.
0: I think that this is going to be a 0. 0.75. Okay. Because I don't know what we're going to get from his next standalone. Right. I'd imagine it's going to be awfully similar, but we don't know. Right. And they have the benefit of their now combining the Guardians and Thor kind of story-wise. So They've already, yeah, they sh- showed that yeah. later on. Which which will help reel in the tone to something that seems appropriate. Because this is inappropriate. It's It's... Off key to what didn't work for Thor before. That is how you do a dance with words. (laughs) Also, this movie grossed $650 million in the first 10 days. Yeah. Total budget for this movie is $180 million. Yeah. And it did $854 million. It is a massive hit. It blew up. And when you compare that to the other Thor movies, they, they did not do this. You know what? The fact that Thor is coming back. That's true. This was supposed to be his finale. I think that says something because there's other characters not coming back. Right. And some of them are by choice, some of them are by story. I'll go one. I don't- I, I'm calling it a dirty one. It, 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 I must be noted. I think you're right. I think it is a dirty one because, yes, everything you've said is true. And oh boy. That's I feel a... like I'm like a villain right now because <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah. But there's holes. Oh, of course there are. And that's okay. And you're not wrong about his emotional arc being a hole. It's stunted. Yes. For a movie. <laughs> it's it is delayed until for the sake of entertainment. Exactly. <laughs> Let another director address that. <laughs> yeah. Uh Taika is all about the yuck yucks, even when he's talking about Nazis. It works so well. He's such a good director. <laughs> he's very he's good. An unbelievable filmmaker. I love what he does. That said, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, hefty score here. I'd imagine, yeah. It's a ten point two five. Yeah, that fits that's that's probably dead on actually that is appropriate if not a little high you think so <laughs> okay maybe a little all right like it, it's great it i just... gave you the out by saying it was appropriate and you chose not to take it i just want to remind you yeah i doubled back <laughs> i'm just trying to be honest fair enough so there you go Thor ragnarok now we got a score we got a movie we, there they have it we did the thing I guess next question is, what are we talk about next week? Next week. You should know what we're talking about next week. It's your birthday. It sure is. Hey, why don't you tell him what we're talking about? We are going to talk about, because I give you gifts for my birth. Right. Unlike Brian's birthday. We're, Power Rangers all the time. It's, it hurts me so much. I hate his birthday so much. <laughs> I want to give you gifts. I want you to celebrate with me. We've been doing this. This is my third birthday show, yeah, which is nuts. Which is wild. First one was Howard the Duck. so it was gift. It was on brand. Yeah. And it was great. It was phenomenal. Second one, Demolition Man. Which was so much fun. Not on brand. Ton of fun. Nope. I'd never seen it, and I was, I was very happy that you gave me that gift. You're very welcome. This time, I want to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time. We're going to be talking about Ghostbusters. Hell yes. I can't describe to you how much I love Ghostbusters. <laughs> I mean, my Facebook picture has been the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man for... As long as I've known you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited. I love the Ghostbusters. It falls into such a crazy time of comedy because it is like post-Animal House, post-Caddyshack, post-Blues Brothers, and then you have like a whole weird amalgamation coming together of that type of 80s comedy yeah. into this crazy story that they just make. Work Somehow. and so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I'm extremely excited to talk about this one. Next week, put on your birthday hat Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Like and follow us on all of our social media at Kate Podcasters. You can find links to all of them on com Check out our Patreon, where we do our monthly exclusive not so super movies this month. Forrest Gump. It's a long one. It's a long one, but, oh, but man. But damn it, is it fun. It is so much fun, and it's a movie that we've been wanting to talk about since we started since doing the, the Not-So-Super movies. So, <laughs> And check out our Patreon for the sporadic drops of our other bonus shows like The poll List and Blurt and Turney, and, I don't know, maybe other Not-So-Super stuff. We'll see. We'll it's see. It's possible. Might be some surprises. Stay tuned later this week for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because those just keep coming out, and we keep talking about yes. them. Yes. They do, and, and it we is, do. It is getting interesting, and I love it. I'm loving that show. I'm having a lot of fun with yeah. it. It's very different from WandaVision, but in the best in way. In the best possible way. Yeah. If you have anything you want to say to us, send it to KatePodcasters@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or you can go on Facebook. Send us yeah. a message. I post something every single day we're recording. To That's true. Get some questions, get some comments. We got one this week. It's from Michael P.S. Warren. Okay. He wants to know, would you join the Grandmaster in one of his birthday orgies? Short answer? Yes. Long answer? App so fucking lootly. There it is. <laughs> Michael, great question. That's a phenomenal Absolutely question. Nailed it. Yeah. Orgies find a way. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jeff Goldblum is a treat. <laughs> he really is. Man. I hope he comes back. I have a good feeling that we might see him again. You are giving me a look like you have some sort of knowledge. That this is a fact. I don't know if it's a fact, but it, it's it's already been rumored. Fair enough. And sometimes some rumors are more believable than others. Maybe he's Mephisto. Oh, that's always a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything else? That's it. Fantastic. We'll see you guys next week for Ghostbusters. Same pod time? Same pod. Piss off, Ghost. (laughs)